Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, friend, no, Steve here. And Larson. Yeah, welcome back to going into our countouts. Greatest top ten list show here at YouTube.com forward slash Stephen Larson available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit that little subscribe button and the notify bell next to it if you're watching this on YouTube to make sure you're always getting new going in raw content. New. And if you're listening to this on a podcast app, one of the many out there, including Spotify. Yeah. Spotify's not really a podcast app, but they music app. They distribute audio An files. Audio app. <laughs> yeah. Be sure to leave us a rating or a review or both. It really helps the show. Yeah. Helps us grow, gives us exposure. And I noticed a lot of people have been doing that lately. Yes, thank you very much. And it has been helping us out quite a bit. We're also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. It's a great way to financially support Going In Raw. And in exchange, you get all sorts of various uh, rewards at the various reward tiers. For example, at $20, you get a comic book. It's the Friendo Care Package. Yes. It's the greatest care package. It really is. Comic book. A couple of stickers, a postcard. Look at these stickers. Am I, you want my face on something? No. You got a sticker. Oh, I thought you were asking me. I'm asking them. You want Larson's face on something? It's a sticker. You want our logo? It's sticker. a sticker. Postcard? Sticker. Sticker. No. It's not a sticker. And then we also got a poster. You can either have Top Notch Super Bass. Yay! Or Nakasenta. Boo! Wow. Strong opinions. Very emotional here at Going In Raw. Yeah, man. Anyways, uh, so there was a rumor going around that uh, we don't know how, how you know, accurate. how accurate it is or not that uh, Vince McMahon met with Alberto Del Rio at uh, WB headquarters. Um, Apparently, he was there to film some Rey Mysterio thing. That was the that was the the original report, and uh, in doing so, he ventured by Vince McMahon's office. Apparently. And talk to him, and so one thing led to another, and now the whole world is talking about, oh, Alberto, Alberto Del Rio might be making a return to WWE. We're not big fans of that. We don't, we don't want that to happen. We feel like there's too much good talent in NXT waiting to come up that could have that spot. Or even on the main roster right now. Even on the main roster right now, it isn't being used. Um, so that got us thinking, what other former WWE talents do we not want to see be re-signed by the WWE. Now, a quick disclaimer, this has nothing to do with how we feel about these people personally. Uh, this has to do with how their presence 
on WWE programming would affect us as fans in terms of how we want to watch the product. And there's also, I think, uh, one entry here that I think is actually to this person's benefit to not be in WWE uh, when it comes to their financial bottom line. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, but let's get started with number 10. 10. Number 10. 10. Goldberg. Uh, here's the thing. I would actually mark out if Goldberg came back. I like Goldberg. I think he's yeah, good. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, there is zero reason for him to come back. He had a perfect, and I mean perfect, final run with the WWE. He seemed to accomplish everything he wanted to accomplish. He did leave the door open, mm -hmm. I think financially and, more importantly, creatively, if it was something that he thought would, you know, would be to his liking and would excite not just him but his family. Yes. Big family guy now, Goldberg. Yes. Um, he would be open to doing it. However, in his final farewell which we were there for, mm -hmm. um, you know, he made it seem like, hey, this was perfect. There's no need to ruin it. We agree with that. When he came back, the Brock Lesnar program was the perfect one for him because they were able to mask Goldberg's shortcomings, which in the ring, as a 50-year-old man, they were plenty. Who had been out of the business for more than a decade. We would not expect Goldberg, who was never like a wrestling phenom in the first place, um, to be putting on five-star matches, um, you know, he, he said, man, this, you know, even he admitted this is really tough work, especially yes. at that age, yes. to get in that kind of shape. Um, to so put forth the kind of performance he put forth at WrestleMania. The WWE does like to you know, you know, beat a dead horse from time to time. You know, they're more, they're more apt to go to the well more often times than they should. For example, The Undertaker. We both feel The Undertaker should have retired at the end of an era. Yeah. And that perhaps the streak shouldn't have been broken. I do think that the streak breaking, the Brock breaking the streak, probably did, you know, did a lot for Brock. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that entire, the, the main event scene, you know, after that. However, I, you know, I think there's any number of ways they could have accomplished that goal without breaking the streak. And also the end of the end of the era match was just a perfect cap for the Undertaker's it career. It really was. And with Goldberg uh, being inducted into the Hall of Fame mm -hmm. this year, this year, it yeah. seems to be a perfect cap on his career. Uh, let, let's say we wouldn't welcome him back, because I think we would. We, like you said, we'd pop. Yeah, a couple of the names on this list I would I would probably pop for. Well, he's probably the only one. <laughs> now that I look at the list, that I'd actually pop for, because I like Goldberg. I think yeah, he's great. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think if, if somebody wants to maintain a legacy, like look at Shawn Michaels, has the perfect legacy. He was offered a match against AJ Styles, and he turned it down. Yeah. He probably could have put on a spectacular match with AJ I mean, Styles. How many times have you heard uh, about a possible return to the ring by Stone Cold? And he's always said no. Yep. Yeah, exactly. He walked away in, what, 2003? Yeah. And according to him, he's never really had any second thoughts about it. And there's no, there's, yeah, exactly. So the guys that can say no and maintain their legacy, and I think Goldberg's one of those guys who he's not going to go out there just for a paycheck, just to you know, to possibly look foolish. I think that he's done, that that last run was perfect. Mm -hmm. Got people really geeked out for Mania last year. It was a lot of fun, and there's no reason for him to come back. Yeah. So WWE, don't do not do it if, if there isn't something, if there isn't that, a reason. Unless you can top what you did last year. Yeah, time. exactly. Don't try. Exactly. Number nine. Nine. James Ellsworth. When I mentioned the one wrestler who would probably benefit financially by not returning to WWE is James Ellsworth. Mm -hmm. He is taking his time in WWE and going out in the independent circuit, and I'm hoping making a lot of money. He made an intergender belt. He did. That he was going to go around and defend. Um, a couple things I did not know about James Ellsworth until I read up on him uh, recently. Before he was in the WWE, 
and uh, and you know he was doing the indie circuit wrestling thing, yeah. but he also worked with uh, special needs children. And uh, I was like, oh, that like warms my heart. Yeah, seems like a real sweet guy. Yeah. And so uh, he seen and he said, you know, with the WWE, he didn't get a chance to, to continue to do that, and he didn't get a chance to see his family. And uh, and he seems like the kind of guy who. Like you said, he took his time in the WWE. Now he's probably making a lot of money off that. And he has the freedom to have his personal life the way, you know, a lot of us cherish our family yes. lives, our personal lives. Yes. And so uh, not a big reason to bring James Ellsworth back. I actually really liked him with Carmella. Yeah. I thought they made a great team. I mean, I thought even his storyline with AJ was entertaining. Yeah, I thought it was too. Um, that being said, he's the kind of guy who... He's a very unique character who I don't really think needs to be on the product all the time. And so, you know, personally speaking, the kind of life that he seems to to to, to enjoy being a family man, doing all that good stuff, isn't necessarily compatible with being a WWE superstar. I will I will say this: if he were to show up on Two Hundred Five Live, mm-hmm. it would put a smile on my face. Yeah, me too. Totally, absolutely. I'd, I'd mark out for that. Yes. So yes, there's another person I yes. would mark out for. Um, so yeah, we wish James Ellsworth all the best. We think Absolutely. he's fantastic. Yes. Number eight. Eight. Jack Swagger. So he wrestled for. Where did he just show up? He showed up somewhere recently. Well, he he did some. Um, what's one in the Bay Area? APW. APW. Isn't he it did. called All Pro? All Pro Wrestling. All Pro yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. So he showed up there. Um, he uh, he's doing some time in Lucha Underground, apparently. What, spoiler yeah. alert? Yeah, kind of. We Well, yeah. Well, it's not storylines. We can talk about who's there. Oh, okay, sorry. You think that's like a big, oh, Jack Swagger. I don't know. Also, I mean, they might think that's a huge signing. Um, no, I think it's great. I think, didn't he say that he wanted to, he's like focusing on MMA stuff? Yeah, he said he's going to work on, didn't he sign a contract with, was it Bellator? I want to say Bellator. Yeah, I think Maybe he signed a contract Bellator. with Bellator to start the doing MMA XC. That's not a thing anymore, man. I remember watching that, but it's not a thing anymore. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, here's the thing about Jack Swagger. So, again, I we really hope personally he has, like, the best life that he can Absolutely. lead. It was really obvious at the end of his time in WWE. They had zero idea what to do with him. Remember that, uh, the, the Rolling Stones promo he cut. So weird. So bizarre. Yeah. So crazy. Um, it didn't make it like a sense. No. And the crowd didn't. They had no idea what was going on. And so, I don't know. I know he's a former world champion and everything, but I always felt like his time as world champion is when, like, the roster was either thin. They had, like, a brand split still, but the roster was thin. when the world heavyweight title was the B world title. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and I know Jack Swagger is an accomplished amateur wrestler. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he had a, a decent level of success in WWE, former Money in the Bank winner, former champion. I'm sure he won some mid-card titles, too. Right. But, yeah, by the time... Uh, he came around towards the end of his run WB. It didn't feel like he was necessarily adding much to the product. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not putting the blame on him, per se. Creative didn't do anything good with his with, with him at all. Yeah. So it, it just seems a matter of circumstance. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a bunch of talent coming up. He kind of fell by the wayside and led to his release. But, you know, by all indications, he's doing well for himself in the independent ranks. Yeah, he seems like a happy guy, so good yeah, for him. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. I hope that continues. It's not for everybody. No. And that's okay. Yes. Um, I just, I would not, if he came back, I would be like, what, really? I'm not popping for that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyways, we wish him well. Yes. Number seven. Seven. JBL. 
So uh, I'm really happy with the way commentary is these days. Yeah, me I too. Would, I would prefer Booker T be back there in the chair that Coachman oh, currently, yes. currently has. But in terms of the SmackDown commentating team, I think it's fantastic right now. I don't want That's any changes. Fine. I certainly don't want JBL coming back. <laughs> there were times when I liked JBL that he wasn't terrible. But the entire idea, all those stories about him being a menace backstage... I, I like when people I like knowing when people are happy. I yeah. like knowing when people are being professional. I don't want to read stories and imagine how uncomfortable things are. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, it doesn't yeah. seem like a good work environment it if you're doesn't. back there and you're worried about being uh, bullied by somebody. <laughs> it doesn't sound enjoyable. No, it doesn't. I want well. people to go to work and enjoy their work, enjoy yeah. their experience at work. It's you know the weirdest thing about JBL though is that so we hear all these stories right and nobody really denies them. And then, but then you see him like, isn't he like over? Sometimes he goes like overseas and builds schools for kids and stuff. He does this amazing charity stuff. I know. And then he's well, like, that's why he left. Yeah, he left to, that's to, right. To concentrate on his uh, his charitable efforts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then like he's super smart. His Legends uh, series on the network, I always love. He's a great interviewer. Yeah. But then there's that thing where he's just a menace backstage. And then he was on the kickoff show, I think, with Alunja Blaze before the Rumble. Oh, yeah. You said it was really awkward. And it was awkward, but it wasn't like, oh, look at them. They're just old and bickering like an old married couple. No, she seemed like she hated him. And maybe that was just a put on. I don't know. I don't know what their relationship's like. But she comes off. She came off as the image she projected was somebody who had been harassed by him backstage many years ago, and she's not willing to just be cool now. That's what she came up wow. at. If that's the truth, I have I don't know that's the case. I have no idea. We've heard story after story about what a raging jerk he is backstage. Yeah. And, you know, Morrow seems happier now that he doesn't have to deal with JBL. Oh, definitely. He does great work on NXT. Yeah, he does. So, I don't know. Don't need to see him back. He seems happy. Hey, he's doing much better work building schools for kids. Assuming that's what he's doing. Hopefully he's not bullying those little kids in need. Because nobody needs that. I'm assuming he's not. I'm assuming he's doing yes. great. Yeah, we'll assume he's doing great things. Exactly. We wish him the best. Yeah, we wish him the best. <laughs> Number six. Six. Right back. He's got a podcast now. Does he still have a podcast? I, I believe was, I was so. looking up. Cause when, he, when his podcast was like prime podcast days... He, uh, well, you know, like, it was every other week we'd hear... Oh, he'd say something ridiculous, yeah. He'd say, yeah, Triple H doesn't want another John Cena. And then you have to read between the lines, like, you have to, you have to number one, get through the Ryback filter and be like, okay, well, what is this, what did this guy hear and what probably actually was said and how did he process well, it? Well, it's like that one story he told about Vince told him that he was going to squash AJ at WrestleMania. Right. I don't think that was ever going to happen, Ryback. Either they're no. messing with you, you're lying, or you just can't filter words properly. I don't know what it is. But he says all sorts of asinine things on his podcast. Where is this from? I'm trying to look it up now. Yeah, I remember he was. I was. I, there was a rumor that he was commanding or that he was asking for like an outrageous fee on the indie circuit. Yeah. Um, I have not seen him in any bookings like lately. I mean, you know, we follow most of the big indies on, mm-hmm. on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I never really see his name yeah, pop yeah, up. Yeah, you not really see his name pop up much. Um, so I don't know. Let me see where his podcast was the last time. Maybe he does. Maybe he still has a podcast. Maybe he just stopped saying like crazy stuff. Conversations with the big guy. Here we go. Recent episode. Um, earlier, this is according to Sports Kita. No, this just came out on Sunday, so he's, still, right. he's still doing that. Earlier this year, um, 
apparently on his podcast, he said he would be open to a return to WWE, saying never say never. Yeah. I, I, I kind of wish the WWE says never. I don't know. On one hand, I do. On the other hand, I don't. Like, he was such a weird, he was such a weird character. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I don't want to see him back. I don't think many people want to see him back. He wasn't a good wrestler. No. He thought way, way more of himself as a wrestler than he actually was. Yeah. Um, I mean, the stories that CM Punk would tell about wrestling with him just didn't sound very appealing. Yeah. Again, you like to think that this is wrestling. It's a collaborative environment. Yes, exactly. And that you're not working with somebody who's just going to like hurt you. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He's, some some of the stuff that came out like on his podcast that he talks about, it's like, dude, I don't really want any part of that. You know, I don't like that. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, number six definitely right back. Number five. Five. Jeff Jarrett. So we're happy to see him in the WWE Hall of Fame. Let's say that. Yeah. We're happy. Yeah. He is a worthy Hall of Famer. Yes. That being said. That doesn't mean we necessarily want to see him return to the WWE ring in any capacity. So here's the thing. His wrestling days are done. His wrestling days are done in the WWE. Yes. Like, whatever he does in the circus, whatever he does. Um, There are areas where WWE might consider using him. Kurt Angle, we don't know what he's going to be doing after Mania. Maybe he's going to stick around. I hope he does. Same. Really hope he does. Yeah, me too. Uh, But if he leaves, Jeff Jarrett could be a potential GM. Daniel Bryan's going to be out the door in September. Yeah, again, there's an opening there for potentially an authority figure GM that Jeff Jarrett, at least in theory, could fill. There's like maybe 100 people I'd rather see fill that spot. I Personally, I'd put you on that list over Jeff Jarrett. Oh, thank you. You know, I'm just saying. I don't know if I'd do any better of a job, but... You would. Oh, okay. People would mark out more for you. Um, Because as an on-screen performer, he never did anything for me. Yeah, I didn't like seeing him on my TV and not in the way that I don't like seeing Brock Lesnar. I think Brock Lesnar is a decent heel, especially with this lazy storyline they're doing right now. There are certain guys who are like like Cody Rhodes, amazing heel. Love to see a good villain on my TV screen. Jeff Jeff Jarrett Jarrett was never a great villain. (laughs) No, he wasn't. Not a compelling character. Not a reason to tune in. Yeah. Right. But that being said, we're very happy that he's clean yes. and sober and yes. he's in the Hall of Fame. And we want success for him. Yeah, exactly. We want success for him, just not in front of my eyes. On on WWE product. On WWE product. Except this. Do a documentary on him. That's fine. I'm sure he's got some great stories to tell. I'm sure he has an interesting He life. could be a compelling interview. Could be, absolutely. So in that Do sense, a Legends yes. with JBL. Or just, you know, like an hour-long documentary. Like a 20-minute, 25-minute. Well, I mean, if you go back to his, his time in his dad's promotion, there could be some interesting stories there. Maybe, yeah. Could be an inter- interesting narrative. Growing up in the business. I having saw the expect- this guy named Steve Austin. I didn't like him, have, so I buried him. Having expectations put upon you because you're the son of Jerry Jarrett. And talk about whether he in any way lived up to those expectations. That My could be dad an interesting put story. the belt on me 50 times. Yeah, he put the it belt on great. a lot. I, ain't I great? Yeah. <laughs> My dad looked at me and said, ain't he great? And so he put the belt on me a lot of times. And then later on, it's, I coined the phrase slap nuts. Slap nuts. It was my crowning achievement. Ain't I great? <laughs> double day. Day, double day. A5, double R. E-T-T. T-T-5, 369, double J. Ain't I great? <laughs> Ain't I great? <laughs> Number four. Four. Kelly Kelly. She is so there were like there is some rumors, some talk that they were gonna bring her back. Yeah, after the brand split, um there was talk of that. She was in the women's rumble. 
Yeah. At the last Royal Rumble. Taking up spots for NXT talents. Like yeah, that was weird. They were, we heard there were supposed to be nine NXT talents, and there were two. There were and two. And one of them, Kyrie Sane, was a late fill-in for somebody else. Yeah. And then they had Michelle McCool. Eliminate, she had the most eliminations, I think. I know. I don't know why they were paying such homage to an era of wrestling they have actively endeavored to get away from, to escape. I know. Like, Michelle McCool and Kelly Kelly were both in the match, and I'm thinking to myself, this is the era of wrestling you're trying to get away from right now. And so that that was annoying to me. Um, But Kelly Kelly is kind of the epitome of that era. Not a good wrestler. They creative saddled her. And, again, we're not putting it exclusively on her. She seems like a lovely individual. Creative saddled her with a bunch of weird stuff. Like she debuted, I think, as like a, a vo- uh, exhibitionist or something. In, in ECW, right? In ECW, yeah. yeah. Um, I, she probably won the championship, but anybody, everybody won. Yeah, it. she was a, a former Divas champion. Right. I mean, I remember, I remember when I started watching in like 2011. Mm-hmm. She was at the top or towards the top of the Divas division. Um, we just right before we went to air, we watched a, like a Fallout video from Raw 25, I think it was. No, it was before that. Oh, it was before that? Yeah, it was before WrestleMania 33, because they asked her about that. Oh, oh, they asked her about being in Orlando. They were yeah. like, are you going to be in Orlando? And she was like, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett was doing the interview, hey, slap nuts, are you going to be in Orlando or what? Um, and she was like, yeah, I hope so. I'm going to be signing the Access thing. It seems like a lovely individual. Don't really want to see her on TV. They're doing amazing things with the women's division yeah. and uh, a lot of amazing uh, talent in NXT, in the women's division there, that can take those spots. Yes. Focus on new. Yes. Not the old. Yes, he is a, a former one-time Divas champion, held the belt for 104 days. I mean, I know she's got like a show called WAGS. On E. Women, wives of athletes or something like that. Wives and girlfriends. Okay. Oh, is that what it is? I think so. But aren't they wives and girlfriends of popular people? Yeah. Of like, yeah. So, who is, you know, she's like married to like a hockey player? Hockey player, yeah. Okay. Oh, look at me. I know a lot. <laughs> you looked up the word wag. Well, make sure you got it right. <laughs> there you go. Acronym. Wives and girlfriends. Good job. Yeah. Of high profile sports, sports person, people. Horse person. Sports person. Horse people. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah. Kelly Kelly. I don't know. It's not. I don't, it doesn't add anything to the product. They're, because weren't they talking about bringing her back as sort of the Emelina thing? Wasn't that originally well, I mean, the Emelina thing was based on. It was based that on that thing, of, yeah. Of, of, of the women's wrestling WWE, yeah. And Emelina was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And then for 17 weeks, they kept her off TV. Number three. Three. Enzo Amore. We had to cut him out of our freaking intro. Man. Because of all that business. Here's the thing. This actually has nothing to do with the allegations that he's facing. He mm-hmm. claimed innocence. And, you know, that that is probably sorting itself out. Yeah. Whatever. And we should wait, I guess, till the legal proceedings play themselves out. Yeah, exactly. That being said, he was a massive. He was. You look at 205 Live now, and you look at it back when Enzo was there, and my God, the difference is stunning. Yeah. It's startling how much better the show is now because they're focusing not on. You know, uh, uh, you know, characters as much as they're focusing on in-ring action. They're not focusing on caricatures, yes. which is what he was. Yes, they're focusing on the in-ring product, and then using not they're not they're not abandoning characters wholesale. They're still characters. They're refocusing them so they're competitors first, characters second. As mm-hmm. opposed, we heard what Vince wanted to do with 205 was make it character focused, and the wrestling matches would happen, I guess, strictly to to advance 
stories necessarily, you know, predominantly outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. It seems like Triple H now he's in, in, in control, doing the inverse, using storylines to motivate in-ring action. Yeah, which is how it should have been all along. And I don't know if I mean nobody really knows if Enzo's presence was the driving force behind Neville leaving. I don't know. I don't. You know, I'm sure people backstage would know. I mean, the word was that he was supposed to have a match against Enzo, was going to lose, and he didn't want to do that. And then he left. Yeah. So that that's what we heard about, you know, from backstage. Everybody heard all the dirt sheets reporting on. Um, so if there was never an Enzo, maybe Neville would still be around, and we really love ne- Neville. Yeah, we love Neville. So if Enzo staying away means more of a possibility that Neville will come back, then even more reason. But it's just, it's man. Every week we'd have to look at his stupid face and hear those stupid promos. And listen of his. to him talk for fifteen minutes and put on not very good matches. Right, exactly. When, it, when he's on two hundred five live, I mean that should be uh, should be about the match. It should be mandatory that you're at least a competent wrestler. You know, <laughs> right? Exactly. The show was birthed from the Cruiserweight Classic, which is all about great wrestling. Yes. So there, I, I, I just don't see every time it just got to the point where he'd come out and the show would stop dead for mm-hmm. a ten minute promo. And I just uh, the product is better without him. Yep. Bottom line, product's yep. better without him. Yep. Number two. Two. Hulk Hogan. Uh, so the WWE seems. Uh, I'm kind of surprised. Like over the past two years, we've heard multiple times that he might be coming back, brother. He might be coming back, brother. Well, I mean, you know, he was he was banned. Mm-hmm. And uh, is this been the last year they've mentioned him more? Yeah, so he's they've shown, been... They've shown you know, images of him in various video packages, which wasn't the case for a number of years. Mm-hmm. So they seem to be at least somewhat softening on their stance somewhat. Publicly, no, but in terms of, of how they present the history of WWE, for a stretch, he was yeah. gone. Persona non grata. Yeah, but now, little by little, it seems like they're inserting him back into these kind of things that show the history of the company or history of, or you know, like uh, segments on various feuds and storylines and whatnot. I would think that would be a deliberate decision to say, look, he is a massive part of our history and people can separate the Hulk Hogan that they grew up with or know of in the history of the company in that context from the guy that we saw saying some really horrible things, some very racist things on hidden camera videotape and the Hulk Hogan that they associate that with might be the guy who would show up in the live aspect now and that's why they're not bringing him back. Because even as recently as, wasn't it like a couple months ago, didn't some they, some, somebody reached out to WWE and said, are you guys bringing him back for Raw 25 or something like that? Yeah, I think it was Triple H that, that responded, I thought. And they said, we stand by our decision yeah. regarding that matter. Yeah. So that's it was a very terse statement, yeah. Yeah, it was a very terse statement, exactly. That says to me, they're not close. I, I would really doubt they're close. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And because here's the thing. Having Hogan come back doesn't add anything to the current day product. It doesn't. He's to, to be honest, like he simply reminds people of what he said uh, in those tapes. That that that's my opinion. If he were to come back, it would just be. It's one thing for him to be in footage from the '80s and '90s as within the context of the company's history. It's another thing for him to be out there in the ring in front of all these people. Oh, you said that stuff. 
And now that's all I can think about because you're saying this stuff. And even if he comes out and apologizes to the world, and like Mark Henry says, he thinks he should apologize to all the African-American wrestlers in the back, that's even going to amplify it more if he comes out and says, hey, I'm sorry, brother, you know, out there in the ring. And I just think that's going to be what everybody thinks about. And why would the WWE bother doing that when they don't have to not be associated with that and it doesn't really hurt their bottom line. Yeah, he, it doesn't he, at all. He, I don't think he would add anything to the product. No, he, he, yeah, he he when he's there, he wouldn't, and he'd probably be there so infrequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would hard, it would be hard to separate the guy standing in front of us from the controversy around him mm-hmm. versus when they show him in video packages from the past. It's like okay, well, no, he's he's such an integral part of their history. It's odd for him not to be in that stuff. Yeah. But when I see that, I just think of the history of the WWE. I don't necessarily think of Hulk Hogan saying racist things. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a difference in perception there. I'm not sure if that's what Vince is thinking. I'm not sure if that's how they're handling it. It seems to be the case because there's evidence for it. Yeah. So, yeah, Hulk Hogan. No need to bring him back. No. Maybe that. Maybe if they, they say firmly, we're not bringing him back, he'll lower his asking price to Bullet Club. <laughs> bring him in. I wouldn't even want to see that. Not really. Number one. One. Alberto Del Rio. He would just take up space, man. Yeah, this would be his third tenure in WWE. Um, I remember when when we started getting into wrestling, or I guess when I started getting back into it, you'd already gotten into it. You liked Del Rio. Yeah, I thought that I thought you that had a theme on your phone as a ringtone. You're hold t- on, buddy. You did. You hold were t- on there. You were talking him up a little bit to me. You were excited that he was going to challenge for the world heavyweight championship at WrestleMania against Edge, and you were disappointed when he lost. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Okay, so here's my thing about. Well, what does it make any sense? So you would feel that way? Uh, that definitely doesn't <laughs> make any sense. No, here's the thing, man. I actually really liked. He's had so many opportunities. Yeah. To take to take advantage of what they had with him at first, and the bottom line is, he just he's just proven that he doesn't do anything for me. Back then, I thought they did a decent job of packaging him. As, oh, they did. They did as you know the Mexican or Latino version of the Million Dollar Man. I thought, and I thought there was some pretty entertaining stuff in terms of him being a heel. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that he came out in the car. I liked uh, his, his ring announcer guy. Yeah. I thought there was a lot of entertaining stuff to be had there. But eventually they stripped all that away. He was a boring uh, baby face during a point. Uh, they put him with Zeb Coulter during his last run, I think. Yeah, that was just confusing. That was just weird. Um, and then he joined the League of Nations. When it's just Alberto Del Rio in a vacuum, it, things are not interesting. They're just not. He's not a spectacular wrestler. Um, he's not spectacular on the mic. He's not. He doesn't really add much to the product. You look at the last time we saw him in WWE, um, evidently people were pissed off with him backstage with his because of his relationship with Paige, which is their business and not ours. Yeah. Um, but if you look at him on screen, they had him in the League of Nations. He didn't add anything. He was just taking up space as another guy. I know. And uh, you see the wealth of talent down at NXT who can make a massive impact on the main roster. Mm-hmm. And to think that he could come in and just fill up a spot mm-hmm. and he, doesn't he, excite me at all. I remember he made, he made comments about uh, uh, Andrade San Almas. And uh, he says, you know, the WWE, to be honest, this is after he got uh, released. Yeah. He said they think San Almas is fat. Yeah. And I don't think they're ever going to do anything with him. 
And look at him now. I know. And if you want, if you want a guy in that Del Rio mold, if you will, I mean, you know, uh, the Mexican star, you have Andrade Almas, who's an infinitely better wrestler. Oh yeah. Uh, in my opinion, far more charisma, especially yes. with Zelina Vega yes. as a package. Yes. Um, who can do far more things. I think that's your guy right there. If that's if you're looking for that kind of mold, I mean, sometimes they look for, you know, uh, they they want to boost up Sin Cara or Kalisto because they're going to be they're trying to aim for certain markets. Um, and if they want to do that, I can't think of a better guy than freaking La Sombra. I know who was a massive star in Mexico. I know. Um, so I mean, there you have it. I I I was really bummed out when I heard about this. Even on Impact, he, he doesn't stay. He just bores me on Impact. Yeah. You know, and I don't know the guy personally. I I don't really, you know, I'm not saying this because he seems like a jerk or anything. I'm saying it's because I look at the product and I think Alberto Del Rio, and I'm like, oh, my God, put me to sleep right now. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't want to see him. So there you go. There you go. That's, that's my point of view. Let us know what you guys think in the comments. Pero, I don't want to hear that again. Pero, remember he came back and he like kicked John Cena in the head and won the yeah. United States Championship. After John Cena was basically uh, unbeatable. Yeah. And John Cena put forth probably his most lackluster performance in the last five years. Right, exactly. He's like, holding out the door. You're, you're going to put the belt on this guy? Yeah. All right. All right, fine. Well, that's your decision to make. Well, that's uh, Vincent. Because, well, like when, he's, when you go back and you think of uh, like CM Punk and John Cena's amazing rivalry. Yeah. And realize that Del Rio was like, it's like, oh, man. Remember, didn't CM Punk lose the title to Cena? No. He lost it to Del Rio. Yeah, because Del Rio cashed in on mm-hmm, after yeah. uh, Diesel Powerbomb. He was just sort of the, the cog. You know, he was sort of the placeholder guy between those two awesome guys. Yeah, I know. Well, he held that belt from SummerSlam that year to Survivor Series for three months. Jeez, yeah. They tried. They tried to make a huge they star tried. out of Del They tried. They did everything they could with yeah. him. He's making a lot of money. Yeah. Oof. Anyways. Anyways, let us know who you guys do. I mean, we left off uh, some other names. Uh, we had, like, some other names on our list. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people... You know, like RVD, for example. I'd actually love to see RVD oh, back yeah. in the WWE, but apparently he can't get cleared. Yeah, he's got a bad eye because of too many concussions. Yeah. Or one Ooh, bad concussion. That's yeah. rough. That I is mean, rough. Uh, there's a, a couple other names on here that we had that we just didn't like to go with. Like Rodas Clay. I don't really care. You know, he seems like a nice guy. He's doing good things in Impact. I think mm-hmm. that's a good spot for him. Mm-hmm. WWE didn't, didn't bring him back. Um, Chris Masters. Chris Masters. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they would. You know, he's in Impact. He just left Impact. Yeah, kind of the same guy that he was five years ago, six years ago. WWE. Yeah, doesn't really do. Or much. We thought it maybe Sting. Not that we wouldn't want to see him back in the ring because we would, but he's got a bad neck. We don't want to see him get hurt in the ring. Yeah, so Juice Robinson. We feel like uh, he's, he's got a great spot in New Japan. He's right doing now. great things in New Japan. WWE probably wouldn't even know what to do with him. They didn't. They didn't in the first, first place. time around. Exactly. Yeah. So anyways, there's a couple examples of other names that we didn't put on the list for various reasons. Let us know what you guys think in the comments below. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now. All you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. 
answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.